0: Are you looking for truth from God's Word that you can understand and apply to your life? You'll find it today on Make It Clear with Dr. Stan Pons, Bible teacher and president of Florida Bible College in beautiful Orlando. Listen now as Stan makes it clear.
1: Satan is out there and he is our enemy. And the enemy that he has with us is only to bring us down so that God doesn't get the glory. But if we stand strong, the blessing is Satan has less influence and Jesus Christ gets all the glory. Let me go a little bit further. Besides this important important fact of being alert, we need to know the enemy and sense the danger. We need to know the enemy and sense the danger. They would call that military intelligence. Go back to the verse, it says this, your adversary, the devil. Now some of you are probably circling the devil in your Bible, but I'd like you to underline the word adversary. Satan is never your friend. He's worse than your friend, he is an enemy to you. And let's see now what he wants to do. His makeup is, in other words, his character is, his identity is, as your adversary. He wants to take you down. He's a very formidable adversary, and those of you that think you can take Satan on yourself, you can't. That's why God gives us the armor, he gives us the weapon of the sword, and he is our commander that does the fighting in our stead. We just stand strong. What is his mission? Go back to the verse. His missions and methods is simple. He walks about like a roaring lion. Yeah, you could talk about the the roaring part of the lion, but I like to think about the walking about and then it goes on seeking him whom he may devour so I'd like to say that Satan is a movable foe he's always around there wherever we go we can't leave Satan and go hide somewhere he will be there as well he'll be there in our quiet time he'll be there while we're trying to share the gospel with someone or invite them to church to hear the message and to worship with us he will be there as you work with your kids and mentor them Satan is going to be wherever you go. You cannot run from Satan. In fact, sometimes the times we think that we're probably well insulated is when Satan is going to do his greatest damage or wanting to do because he's seeking to do that. He never sleeps. He never slumbers like the Lord. And he wants to bring you and me down. So what's the next thing we can do? And that is we need to defend ourselves. Well, we would call that military resistance. Look at the verse. It says this, resist him, referring to Satan, firm in your faith. What I like about this verse is we look looking at that phrase. It says, resist him and stand firm in your faith." faith. But if you look in the context, this is key. Now, folks, this is what you need to lean into. The key part is this. In order to resist him and stand firm, it says, submit to God. I heard this at a seminar and I thought it really spoke to me. It talked about an umbrella that we would wear. Here in Hawaii we have those beautiful rain showers and some of those that walk along Waikiki, some of our our Asian friends that come, they like to wear sun umbrellas as well to kind of keep those sun rays from baking them or keeping the rain off of them. Well, we have an umbrella that God has provided for us and that umbrella will be those authority figures in our life, particularly those authority figures that are walking with God. Now with this umbrella that we have over us, if we submit to the Lord by submitting to our authority figures, kids to their parents, wives to their husbands, all of us to those that are in spiritual authority in our lives, those that are involved in government, as long as we submit to them, as they submit to the Lord, we will be under their protection. The danger comes from two areas. If we have godly protection over us, but we choose to reject that or only listen to them when we want, it's like being partly under umbrella. Now, I don't like umbrellas. They're big and bulky, and I think sissies carry them. But as a hang with me, but my wife though she thinks umbrellas are important because she doesn't want to get her hair wet, All right, that's normal most ladies are like that, so we compromise, we have one of those little itsy bitsy teeny umbrellas you can almost put in your pocket, how many have one of those portable umbrellas like that, would you raise your hand they're basically good for nothing, because when I I go out with Carol and we have this umbrella, I will hold the umbrella here and she's on one side and I'm on the other side, and so what really happens is this half of my body stays dry this side gets wet, this side of Carol's body, her hair looks great the other looks like a wet sheepdog. Okay, and so it really doesn't work so now we're kind of dipping it back and forth and now we lose all the way around I'm saying that because some of us we are now understanding that God has put authority figures over us and that for us to resist Satan and all that temptation we're to submit to authority figures. Now again it's to God, God using these authority figures. But when we obey them when we want or when we feel like it then we step away and we want to do our own thing we get in trouble every time. So that's why we need to stay smack dab right underneath our authority figures because we're submitting to the Lord. Now let me speak to the authority figures. As a husband... As a father, as a spiritual leader in this church, we could all include. I could tell my wife, she needs to submit to me. I'm the authority figure. I could tell my kids, you need to submit to me because I'm your authority figure. I could say to you, I'm your pastor. You need to put yourself under me. On the other hand, there's great danger in that too. Because you see, if I'm now your umbrella, my wife's umbrella, my kid's umbrella, but I am not totally submitting myself to the Lord and those that I have to answer to appropriately, if I'm not doing that, that means I have holes in my umbrella. So while I am the umbrella but I'm, not, I'm kind of a holy guy but not a H-O-L-Y guy, alright, I've got holes in me. And so now what happens, it will affect those that are under me. So all of you who are the head of household, all of you that have people that are called to respond to you under your authority and purview, it is important that you stay so close to the Lord and submit to Him. Then as they're submitting to you, they're really submitting to the Lord because you're submitting to the Lord. So that whole process is, I resist the rain by submitting to the umbrella. I stand firm under the umbrella by submitting myself to the purpose that it was called. And so if I want to finish well, I need to put myself underneath spiritual authority of God, His Word, and those spiritual people that are in my life. Those of you that are there, you know you can't, um, you really ought not to be in authority if you can't serve under authority. So everybody is under someone, and we're all underneath the Lord Jesus Christ. So again, know your enemy in the sense of danger. Defend yourself and how important it is to resist the devil by submitting to the Lord. Let's look at the next one. Draw support from Christian solidarity. Draw support from Christian solidarity. This is a neat part because we would call this military support. I believe in the military, they train a lot of the military people about how to do this, to be there for one another. In talking to Stephen a few nights before they left, uh, Carol and I had an opportunity to pray with and spend some time with Laurie and Stephen. And While I was talking on my side of the table with Stephen, he said, you know, I've been so busy this week getting ready to go. I had to get extra shots. They had to show me how to do um, wartime um, medical stuff, so in case we're in a battle and a fellow guy, now he's an officer now, I mean he's in a big room, he's you know, protected all day long, he's not out there in some field, in some desert little uh, cave, he's in a protected area, but he says if we get overrun and one of my guys or gals that's there in the, the unit with me gets injured before the medical people come in, I've got to be trained to do something to help them. So I got thinking about that solidarity, I got thinking about that military support from one another. Do you know that the Christian army is probably the only army in the world that shoots its own wounded? When they get down, we begin to criticize them, condemn them, marginalize them, distance ourselves from them, remove them, instead of wrapping our arms around them, helping them. Yes, sometimes they do need to take a day off. Sometimes they have to step aside. Some of those people that are wounded in battle, we don't throw a gun in their hand and say, keep moving ahead while your leg's blown off. No, we say, come in here, let's heal, you're you still part of the military, we still care, care for you, but wait until you get healthy again, then we're going to find a place and move you on. We love them. And so again, part of this as well is we need this solidarity, we need the support of one another. This is huge. Those of you that say, I want to finish well, every part of your life that you have, you want to finish well, then look for some Christian support that will come alongside you to encourage you, pray for you, be your study buddy, prayer partner, maybe someone that you trust that's walking with God who loves you unconditionally. And then allow yourself to have that person speak into your life. And then you can take what they have to say, take it to the Lord, run it through the good of Scripture, see what they're saying, is it true or not, but have that kind of a relationship. If you go back to this passage, look at it. Let me read it to you. It sounds real choppy, but I'm going to try to make some sense at the end of it. He says this, By a sylvanus, our faithful brother, I consider him. I have written to you briefly, exhorting and testifying that this is the true grace of God in which you stand. She who is in Babylon, elect together with you, greet you. And so does Mark, my son. Greet one another with a kiss of love. Peace to you all who are in Christ Jesus. Amen. If you want to, in your Bible, right along the margin, I could just tell you to put one word down there, and here's what the word would be. Relationships that I believe that in the context of godly growing relationships, you're more apt to grow and to stay in the battle and finish well. So find yourself a healthy, growing, small group. In fact, I'd encourage you to follow the following. You need to have your alone time with the Lord, and I'll speak a lot to that starting in January again, because I want to make sure our premise is always, our intimacy with the Lord fuels our outreach for the Lord. So I want to talk about that. But it's not just that, otherwise God would tell us all to go in a monastery and be there. But now we have to have someone else. So I believe guys with guys and gals with gals. Find your study buddy and a prayer partner. Someone that you can grow together and share with. Now I don't mean someone that you're going to gossip to about all the other isms and spasms that are going on in your life. But someone that you can share. Someone who's now going to redirect your thinking back up to the Lord again so you can get back going into battle. But that's not enough too. The third I think you need is not only your own alone time and one-on-one time, but I also believe that you need to have a, the value of a small group. A place where you can go where people love you just the way you are but also love you too much to leave you there they also want to grow grow you up but it's also not just a place for people to love you but it gives you the context of people that you can really love now I can tell you I love you all But the only way I can show it is when I roll up my sleeves and do something to add value to your life in some way. Now, it's very hard for a pastor of a large church like this to do this. So I have to have my small group who I'll build into. And so will you. And that's why the small group, you get a chance to really hear what's going on in someone else's heart. You'll know what makes them sing or what makes them cry. You'll know what moves them forward or what emotionally paralyzes them. And then you'll know some way how you can speak into their life in a small group. We're blessed at this church because Sunday mornings we've got stellar small group ministries in our connection groups. here are godly teachers that are going to impart quality knowledge to you. We have connection groups Friday nights, Sunday afternoons if you'd like. We have groups here on Wednesday night for the guys and for the gals and prayer groups. There's so much going on. There is a group. If God leads you here, there is a group that will help you here. And should God then touch some of you to facilitate a group, we'd be glad to open up more groups. But it's just not for us to sit, soak, and sour and to hide in a group. A lot of people say, I'm involved in ministry, what do you do? I attend a small group. You're not involved in a ministry, you just attend a small group. You're involved in a ministry when you're at a small group and you decide, I'll do the cooking, I'll be on the prayer team, I'll invite people, I'll clean the house afterwards, I'll be one of the teachers, I'll eat in worship, I'll send out notes to everybody. It's when you do more than just sit, soak, and sour, you go and you do something. And I'm so excited because our church is growing and there are people that are saying, even when I'm sick, I go to a small group. Even when I've got needs in my life, I'm going to be there. I pray that would be the case. So relationships is what it's all about. So here's my question. Do you have a one-on-one time with God? Do you have a one-on-one time with a mentor above you? Or are you mentoring someone? Number three, are you involved in a small group? Please get in a viable, healthy, small group. And then, of course, fourth would be the worship services so we can all come together as one big family. Let me end with this last one. I'm glad I can end with this one because I believe this is what sets it all. We need to draw support from the God of all grace. I would call that military strength. Now, we might think that it's in bombs and bullets, but it's really not. It's in the grace of God. It says the God of all grace. That means whatever grace is out there, He's the God of all of that. Now those of you that are into theology, you know that there's what we call common grace and specific grace. Common grace is when God gives rain to the flowers. It rains on the just, it rains on the unjust. Whatever we get comes from God, even though it's through what man would call nature. That's the common grace. Everybody gets it. But then there's that grace to those who have accepted Christ as their Savior. And it's a special empowerment of grace for us to be able to serve the Lord. There's no grace to lost people to serve the Lord because they're not even in God's family. So that grace is what we get to serve the Lord. And so He is the God of all grace so if we want to say I start well but I want to finish well if you try to do it in the flesh you try to do it in your own strength we're gonna fail every time every time we try to take it on ourselves we will fail that's why he's the God of all grace I look to him for the common grace I look to him for the specific grace because he is all I need and all I want I wanna come back one step remember how I began the message and I said that if you take on a project a relationship a job a committee whatever it might be, if you do well during that one ministry, that one season of your life, and you keep doing it to the next one, and the next one, and the next one, you'll finish well. Now, you'll remember that. But here's what I'd like to do. I want to speak to some of you that when you heard that, you're going down, and you're reading your diary. And as you read your diary, you're going to say, you know, I, I, I messed up with this marriage. I messed up with my kids. I messed up on this job, I messed up on this team, I messed up in this ministry, I messed up in my neighborhood, I messed up with my parents and so as you look at all these different little mess ups you probably will say to yourself I'll never finish well so I might as well just live like the world And I'd like to tell you that even though you've had these mess-ups, what you need to do is ask God to tell you every lesson that you could learn from that. And then you grieve it and you leave it. You go to the next mess-up. Lord, what should I have done differently? What will I do differently from this? I'm going to suck out of this all the best I can as a learning experience. Then I'm going to grieve it and I'm going to leave it. And I'm going to tell you that God is a God of grace. God is a God of do-overs. And so maybe you've messed up in the past, but you can still finish well and you can tell the whole world. Yeah, I blew it then but this is what God did and He gave me another start and now I'm going to finish well because I've learned that I can learn from those lessons and still move forward. The grieving part is the people who give up. The people that just say, it doesn't work any longer. I'm going to go back and be like the rest of them. I'm going to tell you He's the God of all grace. Look at the very last verse of this wonderful book. It says, but may the God of all grace who called us to His eternal glory by Christ Jesus, not by works, not by grace and works, but by His glory in Christ. Then it says, after you have suffered a while, and some of you have, and you can remember the times where you didn't finish well, and you're still living the consequences of wrong choices when you didn't finish well financially and all the rest. Look at the four things that He promises to you. He says here, who called us to His eternal glory by Christ Jesus after you suffered a while, perfect, establish, strengthen, and settle you. So if you want to be mature, it's going to be found in Christ. If you want to be established or stable, it'll be found in Christ. If you need to be strengthened for the rest of your journey to finish well, it's going to be found in Christ, in His glory and grace. And He'll settle you down. Some of you, the reason you don't finish well is because you play with one toy and you drop it. You play with another toy and you drop it. And you're chasing one glitter and glamour and one bling after another, thinking that's going to do it. And so I'm going to tell you right now let the grace of God change you. Put your heart and mind on Christ. You say, Lord, I'm going to finish well by finishing every day well with you. And he will establish you and you won't need all that in your life. And you'll be that person that your heart, your spirit so desperately wants you to be. Well, as I bring this to a close, we talked about finishing well. I wonder how many people did the best they could to lead a really good moral life and they kind of finished well. I probably do, I don't know, 20 20 funerals a year. Unfortunately, not all of them are of Christian people who have died, but every single one of them in that funeral memorial service, they call it a celebration of life, a family member or friend will get up and talk about how great this person was. And yet, for what I detected from that family, the person who died never trusted Christ as Savior. Watch this. So truly, they did finish well. They've affected a bunch of people. They didn't go to jail, kill anybody, that kind of thing. So they finished well, but they really didn't finish Finish well, because they ended, as they lived their life, separated from God. But when they ended, after they died, they ended separated from God in a real place called hell, absent of Christ. And so maybe some of you, you heard this message and you're saying, I'm going to finish well, so what I'm going to do is I'm going to get involved and start serving humanity. And and yep, I'm going to stay humble, realize not all me, need all these other people, blah, 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 and you're going to get there. And then some of you are going to look at this stuff and you're going to say, you know, I need to stop worrying, so I'm going to try not to worry, and I've got some little platitudes I'm going to try to remember, and oh yeah, I'm going to stand strong. But if you do all of that, and you don't have Christ, then you really, 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 really never finished well. And so I'd like to end by telling you that if the God of grace, of all grace, can strengthen you, establish you, and settle you, the God of all grace can also save you from hell. And it's by grace, not by works. And by putting your full faith and confidence in Christ, you can have everlasting life. So let's put the cart where it belongs and the horse where it belongs. I keep my mind on Christ, I trust him as my Savior, I now am a partaker of his divine nature, all the grace that I have is now given to me, so now I can Start serving by His power, not mine. I can stay humble and give Him all the glory and others the credit. And at the same time, I can stop worrying because He's in control of everything I can't control anyway and He loves me just the way that I am. And whatever it is, I'm going to do it His way and let Him take care of the results. So I'm going to stop worrying. And I can stand strong because I'm going to submit to His Lordship and His Word and through those people in my life. And as I do that, I know that when I draw near to the Lord, Satan, my enemy, will flee from me but it all starts with placing your faith alone in Jesus Christ. Let's pray, shall we? With every head bowed and every eye closed. I, I believe every one of you really do want to finish well. And it's not going to be the kind of life that we normally would design for ourselves. But what we're going to do is we're going to say, Lord I want to finish well and I'm going to give you a blank sheet of paper and on that sheet of paper I want you to write what you want me to do, how you want me to do it, and I'm going to do it so that at the end of this book you're writing with my life that it will be exactly the way you want it, and I'll finish well. And I can tell you what he's going to do. Number one, he's going to say, you want to finish well, you've got to start well. So the first thing you do, place your faith alone in Jesus Christ. Come to him realizing that you can't do it yourself. That you messed up already and you need full forgiveness for all your sin now and in the future. And you realize that all your good works won't get you there. So you're now going to surrender to Him by saying, Lord, I believe your way is a way to get to heaven, and so I'm trusting in you to take me there. And when you do that, you'll have everlasting life. So just call upon the Lord in your heart, so to speak. And you're just simply transferring your trust from yourself and your works and just placing it in Christ, in Christ alone. The next thing He's going to say is start serving somewhere at your level. Ask someone who's in some place of service and involvement here and find a place that fits your gifting, fits your passion, fits your ability, fits your personality. And believe me, this church is loaded with wonderful opportunities, with wonderful people that you can serve with. And you'll really sense fruit and fulfillment in your life when you do. And then secondly, are you battling with pride? There's no perfect church. Everybody is needed. And so humble yourself beneath the mighty hand of God and watch God use you. And then thirdly, as you come to him, stop worrying. Don't worry about all the what ifs and I can't and I'm not sure. What happens if I fail? What happens if I make a mistake? And you just say, Lord, I'm not going to worry any longer. I'm going to take it to you and I'm going to receive from you all that you want me to do. And I'm going to put my mind on you and let you take control. And finally, stand strong. Remember our enemy is not each other. It's not our brothers and sisters in Christ. It's not going to be people that are in authority in your life that you think are trying to control you. It's really going to be Satan and him alone. So if you submit yourself to the Lord, that's how you'll be standing strong. Just do it. Just do it. Just do it in the power of the Holy Spirit. Is there anyone in here today that by an uplifted hand would like me to pray for you? I know raising your hand doesn't save you. I know me praying for you won't do it, but maybe today is the day you're saying, I'm ready to give it up for the Lord. I am ready right now to say, Lord, it's not me, it's all thee, and I'm trusting you to take my sins away and give to me eternal life. Is there anyone that by that uplifted hand that would like for me to pray for them? So no one looking around. If you'll put your hand up right now, if you've never trusted Christ, if you'd like for me to pray for you, I'd love to do that. I'd love to go out now knowing that you're born again into God's forever family. Would you put your hand up right now? Anyone that's trusting Christ today, never done it before. Thank you. All right, now for the rest of you. How many of you has the Lord been speaking to? Maybe the message was on finishing well, but there was something that was said that the Lord has now taken that to a particular place of your mind and heart. And you thought, "Mm, boy, that was good. I needed that. And this has caused me to think more wisely. It's caused me to focus on God's grace. And so my life is different. And so, Lord, I want to start serving. I'm going to stay humble, I'm going to stop worrying. And Lord, I'm going to stand firm in you and your word. Pastor, would you pray for me? Because this message is going to be applied by God's power in my life. Because I too want to finish well. Pastor, would you pray for me? Would you slip up your hand? Is there anyone at all that would like to have prayer? Oh, many hands. Many hands. I I want to finish. I want to finish. When I end pastoring here, I want to finish well. When I take on a project, I want to finish well. And I need you. And I thank you, those of you that have lovingly spoken into my life and prayed for me. I'm grateful that I can go to the mainland on this little trip knowing that you guys are going to take on these responsibilities and do it for the Lord and not for anyone else. Our gracious Heavenly Father, we come before you now. We are very humbled because we know that our heart is right. We want to finish well, but we've been chasing this finishing well target all over the map. And we haven't really figured out how. And now you spoke to us through Peter who spoke to a bunch of Christians who were scattering all over. And and they wanted to finish well because it was needed. The church, the New Testament church, was being born. was growing. And so, Lord, we're the New Testament church in New Nu'uanu. We're the New Testament church here on Oahu. And so, Lord, help us to finish well. My Father, I love these people. I ask you to wrap your ever-loving arms around them. Encourage the discouraged. Instruct the ignorant, convict the wayward, empower the weak. And Father, let them know that without you, we can do nothing. In Jesus' name, amen.
0: You're listening to Make It Clear with the teaching of Dr. Stan Pons, founder of Make It Clear Ministries and president of Florida Bible College in beautiful Orlando, Florida.